It's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and Jason Walker. Welcome back to the, uh, you know, to the, to the show that we're doing right now. Following the local teams, breaking down the biggest games with in-depth analysis and team interviews. There's going to be much higher expectations, sense of awareness of what uh, we bring to the table. Join the show by calling into 435-752-1069 or text 435-339-0321. It's the Full Court Press. Gross. Gross. Yes! Touchdown! We did it! Hey, what's going on? Eric Franson and Jason Walker here on the Full Court Press. Happy Wednesday to you. Hump day. It's <laughs> a great ad. <laughs> uh, we're still, yeah. It's, I mean, gosh, there's still stuff lingering after that Alabama loss. There always will be. Yeah, it will stick with us for a while. It's like broken glass. You keep finding pieces of it everywhere. After you think you've swept and vacuumed and, oh, look at that. My Any foot's more, bleeding. Something over there. <laughs> yeah. Who made those tracks? Uh, so uh, we'll we'll hear from some players today. I know, Jason, you played the audio for Mike Larson and Alfred Edwards yesterday when they had the me- their media availability. I got a chance to get up to practice yesterday to talk to uh, Wade Meacham and Daniel Grishik uh, about what happened last week, but also looking forward to Weber State coming to town this Saturday. In fact, we're going to help get you there. We've got some tickets for the game between Utah State and Weber State. We'll be giving away later this hour, so stay tuned for that. Uh, find out how you can win two tickets to go see the Aggies play. Uh, we're going to share the stat that blew our minds and also our player of the week. Make sure I say that right this time. <laughs> the player that blew our minds and the stat of the week. <laughs> yes. Let's find out things were going last hour. And then... Uh, yeah, just continuing to get your reactions on the Full Court Press text line. It's been busy and, and uh, love to get your feedback. 435-339-0321 to, uh, to chime in. Uh, 5080 texting in. Ike Larson. Uh, I'm guessing that means player of the game. Yeah. P-O-T-G, player of the game. Uh, look, he's he was an, and has been a nice bright spot on that Utah State defense. Over these uh, last two games, yeah, I'd say that's a that's a pretty good nomination. Yeah, it's good. Player of the game, that'd be a good one to have uh, included when we get to that. Nine three one five. Are you going to do what went wrong Wednesday anymore? I was thinking of changing it to We Memo Wednesday, kind of like Throwback Thursday, but We Memo Wednesday. We Wednesday. <laughs> Probably won't go with that. I just thought it was hilarious to say We Memo Wednesday. Uh... <laughs> And I'll Elmer fuck or yeah, something. Yeah, there we like go. Uh, Nine three one five. If you want to share uh, what went wrong Wednesday, uh, you more than welcome to. I think we all know what went wrong. I think we could pretty well guess what the what the segment would be like today if the, that was the focus. I wrote like two entire articles about what went wrong <laughs> this week. Well, I think that pretty much filled the two hours of radio yesterday and almost a full hour. <laughs> Uh, just about an hour ago. Yeah, we were trying to figure out, like, what did we talk about yesterday? Because we're posting the, the podcast. And it's like, uh, Alabama reactions and our two uh, Alabama reactions. <laughs> more, more Alabama <laughs> reactions. Like, like, oh, we did. Part two. <laughs> yeah. Electric Boogaloo. 
<laughs> well, there may be some more carryover of that today. Because uh, I, I do ask Daniel Grishik and Wade Meacham a little bit about it. Granted, I asked him on Tuesday, but we'll share the audio here today. Um, so that's coming up here in just a moment. Um, but let's do this first, though. We want to give away some tickets. We love giving away stuff to our loyal audience. And you guys have been awesome. Uh, as uh, we've been, you know, 106.9 The Fan launched a couple of years ago. It's been really, really fun to watch the growth of the station. Uh, and we monitor that a couple of different ways. Like social media is one. Um, you know, podcast downloads is another. You know, streaming while we're on the air. Uh, and just the, the station overall. And we've seen great growth with the station. It's been really, really fun. I like I would not have guessed within a few short years we'd be neck and neck with some of our legacy brands here in the Cash Valley Media Group. And we are. And that's because of you guys. I mean our audience, you're awesome. Appreciate it. And so any chance we get to give back, that's fun. And so we're gonna do that today. We have a pair of tickets to go see Utah State take on Weber State. Uh, the Aggies take it on the Wildcats. They're on Merlin Olson Field. Five o'clock kickoff. It's been hot these last few days, but we're being told by Saturday it's going to be back to normal temperatures for this time of year. So it should be quite comfortable in a late afternoon game as the sun is going down. Uh, well, near the end of the game it'll be going down, but it should be really quite nice. And so we've got a pair of tickets, and Jason – uh, has uh, come up with a solid trivia question because uh, we can't just give them away. We have to ask, ask you to do a little bit of work. Yeah, you got to slightly work for it. This might just take a Google search. Um, but is Weber State related? We've actually already we did a trivia question a while back that was where the answer was Weber State or the game against Weber State in 2016. The the question was like when was the last time Utah State like had a home home opener as like their first game, and it was 2016. This one will be related to that game again. Uh, and so the last time Utah State had a player, I talk about Calvin Tyler Jr. maybe rushing for 200 yards. The last time that happened was in that 2016 Weber State game. So the question is, who is it? Who is the running back? Let's say it's the running back. <laughs> I don't think they've had anybody, any non-running backs rush for 200 yards. But who was it? Against Weber State in 2016, that ran for 200 yards. So, and you got to call in. We've yeah. already had a couple people coming and guessing, and I'll just say they are actually both wrong. But you need to call in. Now, what was, what was the number to call in again? So, the number to call our studio line 435 752 1069. We the, did have somebody text in that has the right answer. The first person to call. Call the studio line with the correct answer. We'll get a pair of tickets to go see Utah State take on Weber State. All right, we do have a caller coming, so Eric's got to take the call. So, yeah, uh, it was 208 yards. So, yeah, a couple couple of people guessed Darwin Thompson. It was not Darwin Thompson. Uh, he wasn't around until 2018. He may have been on the team in 2017, but I think he transferred to the team in uh, 2018. But... Yeah, he did not. I don't think he ever rushed. He never rushed for 200 yards. Had a few high hundreds. But the last 200-yard game, uh, some other players who ran for 200 yards, I'll kind of 
cross some off the list for you. Uh, Kerwin Williams did it a couple of times in 2012. Robert Turbin did it in 2011. And Emmett White did it four times between 2000 and 2001. So those are three of the people this century who have run for 200 yards in a single game. This other one, not, not as well a known name. But it's a game I actually remember. It was one of the first Utah State games I'd been to in a while. Um, and this, this player just absolutely broke out. A lot of you guys are calling in. A lot of people are guessing. You've had a couple of, of, of wrong guesses, unfortunately, over the... Uh... Oh, there we go. Somebody got it right. Somebody finally got it right. So, um, We'll let Eric come back and announce exactly who it was. I'll, I'll give him the honors of announcing that, plus the winner. So, yeah, it's, it's been a hot minute since we've had a guy rush for 200 yards, and it takes a lot. Uh, it takes a lot of big runs, which I believe this this running back had in that game. Um, <laughs> it does take a lot. It's surprising. We've had some guys go, I think 176 is the highest since this individual did it. That was Gerald Bright in 2018. All right. So we're back, Eric. Somebody got it right. So let's, yeah, let's we hear the answer. Yeah, we had a lot of calls coming in and appreciate the uh, the interest in people trying to win the, these tickets. Um. I had somebody call in and give their guess, which wasn't correct, but they wanted to keep guessing. But I, I knew there were other people calling in, so in fact, I had to, unfortunately, dismiss them, ah. because the second guess was pretty much there. <laughs> sure. There are a couple <laughs> people who have texted in who have the right answer, but the correct answer is Devonte Devonte Mays, and Reggie was the first one to call in on his first try and correctly identify who did that. And so congratulations to Reggie. Uh, you win a pair of tickets to go see Utah State take on Weber State. Um, a lot of good uh, thoughts, though. I mean, it's been kind of fun to remember there's been some really good running backs at Utah State over these uh, last several years. And hearing these suggestions and, and, and guesses just makes me think, oh, yeah, he was a really good running back. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he had some really good games, too. Yeah, I know a lot of people bringing up Darwin Thompson. Almost surprising that he didn't do it, given some of the big games he had. But, you know, he never did it. Um, and then going back before Devontae Mays, we had several. I brought up, you know, Robert Turbin, Kerwin Williams, Emmett White. They all did it. White did it four times. Kerwin did it twice. So there, there have been some good running backs coming through here. Yeah, one of the uh, one of the guesses was for Kerwin Williams. Another one was for Lawan Hunt. Uh, there was a, a Darwin Thompson. But uh, the correct answer is Devontae Mays. I think the, the weird thing about this is I think Mays ended up getting hurt that year. He only played five games. He had 208 yards in the season opener, ended the year with 259 yards. But I, I think there were some injuries, and I think Luan Hunt ended up uh, overtaking him that year in the rotation, I think, if I remember correctly. Yeah, Luan Hunt. Oh, no, Tony, yeah, Tony Lindsay that year, actually. Luan Hunt was the next year, I think. So kind of a almost a random performance because Devontae Mays, that was like the one thing he did at Utah State. Whereas the other guys that rushed for 200 yards are like all these, you know, all-time great players at Utah State, Turbin, Williams, White, and all that. So it is yeah, kind of a one shining moment. Yeah, so it is, it is kind of a – it was a semi-difficult one. Like I said, all, mostly all it took was a Google search to the box score because I told you the game. 
but obviously that may it wasn't quick enough because a lot of people like came right in like all right yeah we had a lot of calls in so sorry if you were trying to call and you couldn't get through because there were a a lot of people on the line trying to guess yeah we'll we'll have more trivia because i think we'll we'll probably have a chance to give away some more tickets and I'll, i'll try and come up with more trivia one day i'll give you i have an impossible question that none of you will get the answer to oh those are always fun maybe i could make it like a month long thing like can anybody guess the answer it's like a trick question and a question that people will think they know the right answer to, but it's wrong. I'm pretty sure I'm the only person who knows the correct answer. Oh, wow. So that's like, that's the level of impossible this question is. <laughs> but anyway, we'll have to think that's, of a good, we'll have to, uh, that'll have to be some pretty epic prize. I don't know if we have gets a, it right. <laughs> we'll come up with something. We'll, might come up with a fun contest or something. Uh, 7994 on a full court press text line. Stat that blew my mind. I don't have the exact number, but it was the low amount of points scored by the local high school football teams last week versus their opponents. What happened to the local school's offense? We don't have, like, any dynamic offenses. I think Bear River's the best offense this year. Um, actually, I want hadn't thought of that actively, like how everyone did bad. But I'm going to look up the – problem is earlier I closed the cash value our uh, – the scoreboard, scoreboard article we did. <laughs> I closed it on this computer that's in front of me. Uh, it was a rough, rough week. Uh, what's been a little bit, well, not a little bit, a lot surprising is that Green Canyon has only managed 19 points through four games. Yeah, that's um, that's not only the lowest in 4A or Region 11. That's the lowest scoring team in all of 11-man football in U- in Utah. The only teams that have scored less are a couple of eight-man teams who have played, like, one game. And Green Canyon's played three. And they have 19 points. <laughs> so, yeah, so last week, uh, let's see, Logan had 21, Skyview had three, so that's 24. Green Canyon didn't score at all. Bear River had 13, so that's 37. Mountain Crest was shut out. Uh, and then Ridgeland had 21, which is the high of the week, so 58. Am I doing that math right? I lost, sorry, I, I lost my focus. When I was, you go through I was the at, numbers. I was at 31, and then I got to 58. So let's divide that by, we got six teams, average of nine points per team this week. The, the funny stat, actually, and I mentioned this yesterday on the show when I was kind of going through the scoreboard uh, at the end of the show, Mountain Crest has three games this year that have finished 27-0. Really? Yeah, three of their four games. Have, oh, I, I, they've played four games. Excuse me. I said Green Canyon had played three games. They've played four, and they have 19 points. But yeah, Mountain Crest, they opened up with a 27-0 win. Then their second game, I, it was like 7-3, to three, I think, against Payson. Yeah. Then they lose going. 27-0 to, I forget who. And then they just lost 27-0 to Bonham. Yeah, Box Hill, that's who it was. Um, and then, yeah, 27-0 lost to, to uh, Bonneville. Um, though interesting, Mountain Crest, that's a couple of tough teams they played in uh, Box Elder and Bonneville. Yes. So I'm wondering if we didn't consider Mountain Crest a contender in Region 11 before. And, and Payson's a, a higher division school, too. Yeah. So it's like, it's Mountain, should we be waiting to call Mountain Crest a contender? Or should we not be waiting? Just say, like, can we say it now? 
Well, maybe, maybe we'll get into this later, but there's there's a real conversation that could be happening around Mountain Crest. In uh, and, and Logan, too. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you've seen them firsthand, but mm-hmm. they are scoring more points than I think I anticipated. Defense is still solid. Yeah, the the defense is good. We'll have to see how they really go against a team that can pass, although I don't know if there's a team that can pass in Region 11, so it may not matter. But they can stop <laughs> the true. run. They stop the run really well. They played three straight uh, triple option teams, or, you know, option teams. The last one, you know, uh, Woods Cross ended up just kind of beating them up. 5A team. They're, they're playing a lot better than they did last year. So that one, it got away from them. But in the two weeks before, shut down Juan Diego, I think like 34 rushing yards or something like that, the lowest ever in Juan Diego history. Then they shut out Bonneville of Idaho, who's another option team. So against two running teams, option teams, they held them to like a combined like 106, I can't remember the exact number, somewhere in the mid-100s in two games against option-based offenses. So they got this run defense thing down. I think they're decent at pass defense. Offense is a question because their quarterback is deceptively the leading passer, I think, in 4A. I haven't, some of the stats hadn't updated yet, so I can't confirm that that's the case. But I'm pretty sure it is. Hmm. But that is really deceptive because he's actually kind of mediocre. He he misses a lot of passes. Well, it's uh, been a really wild first four games, non-region uh, schedule for Region 11 schools. Uh, you got three that are two and two, two that are one and three, and really the big shocker is Green Canyon at Ofer. Yeah, and I I think that's just their offense just been gutted. Some of their stars have. And, you know, stars are a huge part of high school football. They legit carry teams in high school football, uh, which doesn't really happen at any other level. And so their offensive stars, they've lost, I think, two wide receivers for the season. And then Ridgeline lost their big star for for the season. Yeah. So their ceiling is limited. I still actually kind of like Ridgeline. Maybe Skyview. I mean – They've lost three straight, Skyview has, so I'm a little less confident. But, you know, so Green Canyon, I just think, all right, they can't score enough to beat anybody. But I, I'm still somewhat confident in Skyview and Logan. And I, I think Mountain Crest could sneak in there. We'll see how Logan does. But, yeah, it's, it's become a very different region. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And it, it, they've played against some really tough competition, too. So yeah. when they get into region play – uh, it's going to be very different, so we may start to see some separation pretty quickly. Yeah, we could see like which teams were, you know, had a losing record because they were playing tough teams. You know, Skyview they played some tough teams. Mountcrest did play some tough teams, so maybe they're legit. Ridgeline played some tough teams, and I think they finally kind of found their groove a little bit. You know, they won their last game without their star wide receiver Jackson Olson. Right. Right. So they were able to to grind out a win. And so maybe they can keep continue to do that. English. <laughs> keep continue to do that. They can keep doing that in region play. But it, it'll be interesting. And we're going to have to wait till these games play out to really know. Because this went from a region where I felt like I knew what was going on to I don't know anymore. It's all up in the air. Because in high school you can have those teams that are just, yeah, that's the good team and they're going to win every game and – you can write it down in pen. Last year, Ridgeline, Skyview was before that. 
I can't say that about any team at all in this region. I, I can't say, oh, they're going to win. It's just, and, no. it, and, I, and I love that. That's one of the things yeah, I, I love. Yeah, I agree. I it, think it makes it fun. It, it makes it exciting. Every week matters. And kind of the, the things we said earlier, one of the things I said earlier was this could come down to the last week. Although I thought it was going to be the three-way between you know, Green Cane, Skyview, and Ridgeline. Well, now Mountain Crest could be an actual contender in that final week. Or maybe Logan. Green Cane's probably not going to be in there. Uh, but have, who knows? Maybe they're just going to come out and suddenly be a lot better than their record because they've been playing some tough competition. And maybe they'll some, surprise some people with their good defense and eventually work through their problems on offense. So there's four or five teams that could be in the mix in the final few weeks. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Which, that, that is the best kind of high school football season. That's going to make it come down to the wire. All right, you got to take a time out here in the full court press. When we come back, we'll hear from Wade Meacham and Daniel Grishik, Utah State football players reacting to what happened at Alabama, but now turning their attention to Weber State. And there's a fun connection uh, between Utah State and Weber State with some former players, uh, former high school players, uh, going in different directions. And uh, a family uh, connection here with uh, Wade playing for Utah State and his younger brother, really an all-conference player yeah. for Weber State. And so we'll share the conversation and how many of his family is going to be trying to make uh, get tickets to that game coming up on Saturday. We're going to help the attendance a little bit. So that's coming up next here on the Full Court Press. DD Auto and Salvage is going to pay you the most for junk vehicles. You can get rid of your junk vehicles today. DD Auto and Salvage makes it so easy and fast to get rid of your junker vehicles by paying you the most money possible. Pickup is available. If you have metal, DD Auto and Salvage and Logan wants to pay you today. Call 787 1204. That's 787 1204. Today. See store for details. Don't get caught without power after a windstorm or a major winter freeze. Golden Spike Electric offers Generac backup generators so you can be prepared and keep your home warm while avoiding frozen pipes. Golden Spike Electric is one of the largest Generac dealers around, so you know it'll be installed right. Whether you're a homeowner or an electrician, contact Golden Spike Electric to rest easy the next time the power goes out. Online at gsegenerators.com or call 435-257-3016. They also service other models. My name is Chris Hammond. My wife really appreciates a clean home, especially with three kids and two dogs. So when it comes to our carpets being cleaned, I always go to Daryl from ChemDrive Northern Utah. His team is quick, on time, and precise. They do a great job of making sure our home and our carpets are clean. Thank you, ChemDrive of Northern Utah. ChemDrive of Northern Utah. ChemDrive of Northern Utah. 435-752-6100. What's more important than sleep? Granted, some things are, but not many. This is Ryan at My Mattress, and here we offer the best solution to better sleep, a better mattress. IntelliBed, the gel mattress, cradles your hips and shoulders while providing the best back support possible. Or come in and choose a Tempur-Pedic that boasts 93% of their owners love their bed. My Mattress, offering the best sleep possible by the South Walmart. 
This, keep it on the down low here, is the Dan Patrick Show. Debo Samuel, there's nobody like Debo Samuel in the NFL. You know, if I'm Seattle, I would try to create a Debo Samuel 2.0 with DK Metcalf. I would get him incorporated in the offense a little bit more, not just as somebody catching passes, but line him up in the backfield. Let him do what Debo does. Dan Patrick. The Dan Patrick Show. Weekday mornings from 7 to 10 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Breaking down the biggest games with in-depth analysis and team interviews. It's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and Jason Walker. Grantham Mobile Automotive will come to you. Uh, weather's still hot, so if your AC just went out in your car, you definitely want it fixed. Or if your heater hasn't been working, it's not going to be that long before you're going to need that heater to work. So give Grantham, Modal, uh, Grantham Mobile Automotive a call. He'll come to you and get your car going again. 435-229-4345. So uh, more texts coming through. 435 435- Three three nine zero three two one. If you want to continue to chime in, uh, and we still haven't got to a stat that blew our minds or a player of the week. But if you want to continue to give nominations for that, we'll take them. For some reason, in my head, I thought we'd already gone through that. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, we keep. We've led two segments teasing that. We will, and get then to not it. gotten to it in that segment because we did uh, like, uh, what would be the end of the first hour? Just <laughs> more Alabama reactions. Yeah, that's true. That's what we've done the whole time. Alabama reactions. This whole week. 4474 texting in. Who calls Green Canyon's offense? Craig Ander or Perry Christensen? I don't know, to be honest. I don't know the answer to that. I can't remember. Was Craig an offensive guy? I thought he was a defensive guy. So that's what I was kind of thinking. I don't know that for sure. So I couldn't tell you. Could ask, but. Yeah, I'm sorry. I don't have the answer yeah. to that. I couldn't get you the answer in real time. Sorry. Um, uh, uh, let's do this. Let's find out how the players are doing. Some of their reactions to you know, what happened over the weekend, and kind of what they're looking forward to coming up this week with Weber State on the schedule. Um, let's start out with uh, Wade Meacham. He's got a fun family connection with this one. His younger brother plays tight end for Weber State. He's an all-conference player, all big sky. He's a good player. A few years behind Wade, but um, this is the first time they've been on the field uh, together in the, the, on the collegiate level, game they've been looking forward to. But also, you know, as an offensive lineman, I just want to get his thoughts about how things went, uh, the experience of going to Alabama, but also preparing for a Weber State squad. So here's Wade Meacham. Caught up with him after practice yesterday afternoon. Wade Meacham, Utah State offensive lineman. First of all, just opportunity to play Bryant-Denny, number one team in America, big crowd. What was that experience like kind of walking into the game before the game really got started? Well, you know, Coach Anderson did a great job of kind of trying to prepare us for the, for the environment. You know, he said that everything that we will hear and see building up to kickoff was meant to intimidate or distract to kind of throw us off our game. So went in there expecting lots of noise, lots of 
flashy lights, you know, lots of people, and it was everything that was promised. You know, it was an incredible environment, incredible opportunity to play in. It was obviously wasn't didn't turn out the way we'd hoped, but it was it was a great opportunity. This team really seems focused on trying to establish the run game. That uh, was a big key for UConn with success. Not a lot of success, obviously, at, at Alabama, but the coaching staff seems very committed to establishing a run game, and that falls a lot on the shoulders of the offensive line. So how do you feel like that's kind of moving along and, and your role in helping to establish that? You know, it, it, it's definitely a big a big part of our game, and it's something that, as offensive linemen, we take a lot of pride in. Um, a big thing that's emphasized for us in the run game is is purely effort. You know, just doing everything we can to make sure that our guy doesn't get in on the play, doesn't isn't the one that makes the tackle. And so it's, you know, it's been a lot of work. You know, obviously a run game's not easy trying to move somebody as big as yourself against their will somewhere they don't want to go. But you know, it's it's how we make our money. So couple games into it now, a couple games in the books for Utah State. How do you feel like you know, your role is on this offensive line and how that unit's kind of coming together at this point in the season? Well, you know, I'm, I'm blessed that this is, you know, this is my first season as a starter. I've going in, this is my fifth season on the team. I've been here a while, seen a lot of things, and have had to kind of wait in the background. You know, scout team player working in as a rotational guy. And eventually getting to where I am now as a starter, and so it's it's been a blessing. You know, a lot of hard work, a lot of a lot of hard days, a lot of good days, and so I, I'm just I'm just grateful to be here, grateful to be contributing to the team at the level I am, and just continuing to be better so I can, you know, carry carry the team as much as I can. Weber State coming to town on Saturday. Obviously, there's a family connection that's exciting for you. Your brother, younger brother, is a tight end. He's a good tight end for them, all-conference player. I mean, before we talk about just the, the team itself, what's that like being able to play a game against your brother? Oh, it's it's something I've been waiting for for a long time. Like, ever since, you know, I, I got brought on here and my little brother got brought on at Weber State, you know, we – we kept looking at the updates of future schedules, hoping to, that there would be a season where we would get to meet. And so as soon as we both saw that you know, Weber State was coming up here this year, we've had it circled on our calendar for, for a long time. Uh, something my dad has been super excited, looking forward to, you know, just to, just to see that brotherly competition, that brotherly rivalry. My mom, been, been dreading it a little bit, you know. <laughs> Moms don't like to see their kids fight, but... You know, as him and I ourselves, like, yeah, there's been a little bit of, you know, trash talk back and forth, you know, just brotherly love, but it's it's exciting. How much family are you going to have in town for this one? Oh, we've got, we've got a lot. Got aunts, uncles, you know, brothers, sisters, got, you know, sister-in-laws coming in, got cousins, all kinds of, as much, as many as we can get tickets for coming to the game. <laughs> That's, you're going to help boost ticket sales on Saturday, that's for sure. What are you seeing out of Weber State specifically, kind of scouting them and what they bring and what they may be trying to bring into uh, Logan on Saturday? Well, as, at least as an offensive perspective, like scouting their defense, it's a strong defense that flies to the ball. You know, they, they create a lot of chaos. You know, outside of just this week watching them, I'm, since, you know, my little brother plays there, I've, and any opportunity I've had to go to games or watch games, you know, I've been there. And so I've, I've got to watch this team for a long time, and they're a very well-coached, hard-fighting team. And so it's going gonna, it's gonna to take everything we got to make sure that, you know, we get the outcome that we want. Well, uh, best of luck on Saturday. Uh, we'll be watching with interest to see how um, the Meachams play. Hopefully the one wearing the right Aggie blue comes out on top. <laughs> Thank you. That was fun. Talking to Wade.
I have really enjoyed talking to the offensive linemen this year. It's been fun. I have good conversations with them. Very well-spoken individuals. Yeah. That was, he said that was his first interview. First time he's ever been interviewed. He's an offensive lineman. Yeah. Nobody cares about the offensive lineman. He did great. He did great. Yeah, did, did pretty well. What, what they need to do, what Blake Anderson needs to do is if it's a blowout, Wade Meacham needs to get some defensive end snaps. Line up against his brother on the tight end. You got to wait for the right package and see if Hayden's in there. Like, maybe have like a handshake agreement, like before the game, just say, hey, like, if this gets out of hand, can we like coordinate getting these two brothers to take some snaps actually against each other? Because otherwise, they'll only kind of be on the same field. They'll never be on the field at the same time. They'll never square off against each other. Yeah, because I think. Mano a mano. Yeah, I think they overlapped in 2014 at Leighton High School. I don't know if Hayden played that year because he would have been like a sophomore or a freshman. Because um, that was Wade's senior year of high school, I believe. Way back in 2014. And, and now he's just getting into his, his final couple of years. I think he still has like two years of eligibility left. Maybe just one. Uh, he might only have one. Yeah, he might only have one. But still, it's a long time ago uh, when when he played there. So, yeah, they they've may have played a little bit together on Leighton. I didn't find Limited. it. In, didn't find any numbers for Hayden in that season, so I don't know if he actually played. Would have been limited, if so. Yeah. Uh, before we get to Daniel Grishik, uh, back to our Full Court Press text line, 4474, texting in, Fellas, put down the crack pipe. No. If if Logan ends up being a contender, I will shave Eric's name in my back hair. I'm a little concerned about the length of your back hair. <laughs> but I'm a little flattered that someone would have my name on their back. Um, I do agree with you to a point. I, I think Logan has some potential fatal flaws that would keep them from truly contending. But, like, they're the kind that will be eliminated if if they're reaching their highest potential. And if this season is wide open, is as wide open as we think it is, again, maybe there'll be some real separation that we see just based off, you know, some teams playing tougher competition, us having a worse record, and Logan playing actually probably the easiest schedule well, and, and of frankly, anyone. who's healthy. Yeah, well, Logan's pretty much entirely healthy. But by the end of the season, who knows? Um, yeah, Logan played one of probably the easiest schedule, I think, out of all the teams, and they went 2-2. Two and two. Um, So they may not – they probably won't truly contend. But if this is as wide open as I think they will, they're not going to get completely eliminated until maybe a couple weeks before the end, like – the third to last week, maybe when they get completely mathematically eliminated, they'll be around maybe for a few games, but won't be like one of the last true contenders. Well, the way this year has gone, why not? Yeah, why it's not? not? It's, it's up in the air. It's anybody's. Yeah, like I said, the the thing is, if their offense now, when you say I want to be clear, clear when you say contender, you mean for the the region? Yeah, the to region. Win the title. region? I don't think anyone in this team's in this anyone in this region is going to compete for the state title. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, it's not nearly as good as one. I, I want to be clear. Yeah, because I, I based on what we've seen out of Region 11 so far, I don't think we have a state champion or semifinalist in the group right now. Yeah. So now, it could change once we get into region play and we see that separation occur. But right now, I think it's yeah. Yeah, I think I think for region title, we'll probably see Ridgeline and Skyview, probably is the two favorites. Mountain Crest, kind of a wait and see: are they contenders or pretenders? 
Logan are almost acting like contenders, but I'm pretty sure they're pretenders. Green Canyon just fell off somewhere along the line. Well, right now, Crimson Cliffs is 3-1. and one. Uh, yeah. They've got a couple of 2-2 two and two teams. They've got a, a couple of 1-3 and three teams. So maybe 4A is just weaker this year because they've had some powerhouses yeah. in 4A coming out of both both regions. Uh, more so, you know, Skyview and Ridgeline are probably the better powerhouses. But we'll see. Maybe if 4A is, wide open. If 4A is just generally down, then we could see, you know, there'd be a chance if Skyview Ridgeline shapes up, there's a possibility. Uh, all right, we need to take another time out here in the Full Court Press. When we come back, we'll hear from Daniel Grishik. A great defensive end, new addition for the Utah State Aggies. Had a big moment in the game at Alabama. How did he react to that? And uh, what's he seeing out of Weber State and how this team is coming along? That's coming up next, as well as a stat that blew our minds and our player of the week. Feel free to send in your nominations as well. 435-339-0321. Finding, interviewing, and hiring. One of the most difficult things a business can do. The Cash Valley Media Group can help. If you need employees now or in the near future, plan to participate in the Cash Valley Media Group Job Fair Thursday, September 22nd at Castle Manor in Hyde Park. From 11 a.m. till 6 p.m. Don't miss this opportunity to talk to hundreds of potential employees looking for work or wanting to change their careers. Call 752-1390 or go to cashvalleymediagroup.com. That's cashvalleymediagroup.com. To get involved Thursday, September 22nd at the Job Fair at Castle Manor in Hyde Park. Presented by Cash Valley Media Group. Are you a small business owner? Who's your bank? This is Bruce Rigby. I want to invite you to bank with us at Cash Valley Bank. We specialize in helping small business and we have great people. That's the Cash Valley Bank difference. Decisions made locally without all the red tape by people who care and know how to help small business. Cash Valley Bank, growing, expanding, and proud to have our roots firmly planted in Cash Valley. Cash Valley Bank, member FDIC. Have you thought about your furnace lately? Of course not. It's hot outside. Now's a great time to start thinking about replacing it or having it serviced for fall and winter. Advanced Heating and Air will help you get some of the industry's best rebates on a new high-efficient York furnace installed in your home. Or one of Advanced Heating and Air's service professionals can service your furnace for the upcoming winter season. Call today, 752-7272, or schedule a free estimate at advancedheating-ac.com. York, install confidence. Sunday on Compass Media Network's coverage of the NFL. It's a week one matchup of two Super Bowl contenders as Patrick Mahomes leads the Chiefs against Kyler Murray and the Cardinals. Hi, this is Chris Carino. Join Brian Baldinger and me for all the action as we kick off the new season in style with two of the league's top quarterbacks dueling in the desert. It's the Arizona Cardinals and the Kansas City Chiefs. If it's the NFL, it's right here. Northern Utah and Southern Idaho's home for sports. It's the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Mountain West Motor, every truck and SUV is unique and has been customized so you'll be ready for your next adventure. And you'll be equipped with all the right gear, traction boards, rooftop tents, racks, outdoor jacks and more all new now open at 615 north main mountain west motor or visit mwmotor.com so it was fun talking to wade meacham about the family connection coming up uh there's a number of 
players on the Utah State roster who are from areas around the state of Utah, a couple right there in Weber County. Um, there are a number of players on that Weber State roster who are from around the state as well. So, you know, there's there's definitely a rivalry here that some of these guys get up for and get excited about. But Utah State should take care of business in this one. This is an opportunity to set things right and get pointed in a better direction after what happened a week ago. Yeah, I don't really see any way that this ends anything other than a Utah State win. Like, I just don't see the path forward for Weber State. Because a lot of the things that come, that you kind of have to have as prerequisite for upsets is a complacent team. That's the biggest one. You really think Utah State's going to be complacent in this game? <laughs> Definitely not. I think not. Um, left get tons of turnovers. Utah State's not really been a turnover-prone team. Um, they did have a couple of fumbles against UConn. So maybe that, and if they run the ball a lot, maybe they'll fumble it. But they didn't fumble it against Alabama. Well, got put on the deck, but they recovered it. Yeah. So, again, it's I, – I, I just have a hard time seeing Weber State going forward because I don't see their offense being able to beat Utah State's defense with how it's not super good. And I don't see their defense being able to match up against Utah State's offense. So how do you win? That was the problem that Utah State was presented against Alabama. And we saw how that went. So I, I just don't see Weber being able to come in here and pull off quite the upset. Uh, Talked to Wade Meacham. Uh, we heard from him just a minute ago. And now uh, get, well, let's hear from uh, Daniel Grishik, uh, the transfer tight end, not tight end, defensive end to Utah State, uh, making uh, really his presence known early on in an Aggie uniform. Daniel Grishik got a sack at Alabama, number one school in America, the Heisman Trophy winner. How did that feel? It felt great, but um, I'm still a little mad because I seen him about three other times, and he got away. He stepped up in the pocket, but that one felt good. You know, I deserved it, but I feel like I could have got more, though. Yeah, you had a couple of different pressures on him. He was tough to bring down. He was pretty shifty. Yeah, he was great in the pocket. Bryce Young was great in the pocket. I can see why he's a Heisman Trophy winner because he sees the pressure. He he's one quarterback who could look downfield and look at the pressure too. So that's his, that's a good, good attribute he got. You know, you guys were asked to do a lot. You're on the field a lot in the defense. But how do you feel like you know what you guys were asked to do and and how eventually it came out? There'd be some things that don't always show up in a box score. But how do you feel like you and, and the defense kind of performed against? really one of the amazing teams in college football. I feel like the defense, I feel like we we did what we had to do. You know, uh, people were like, we all ma outmatched. The matchups isn't going to be equal, but I feel like they try to run counter at us, zone at us. We were stuffing most of the runs, but when you're playing like 54 snaps and a half, they bounce and score some points. So, I mean, I'm happy with how we play. I just feel like we just got to keep it up next week and then the rest of the season. Yeah, I mean, really, the, the the only big run plays they had was on some scrambles from Young. So you guys did a really good job containing the run. Yeah, we yeah, we did a pretty good job. We up front, we hey, we was waiting for that game since I got here since January. We was in the indoor running. We were like, we got Alabama. So I mean, yeah, we was waiting for that game for a minute. But we just got it's all about keeping it up now. We seen we could do it against the best. Now we just got to do it against everyone else. Two games now in the books. How do you feel like things are progressing for the defense and especially for your that defensive front? Oh man, I feel like we just our uh, our chemistry is just getting great. Like. I had a uh, the second play of the game at UConn. I will never forget. I had a mistake, you know, big long touchdown run, but stuff like that will never happen again. So I mean, 
I'm just happy getting experience, getting to know the team, and uh, when I make a mistake, they don't get mad at me. You know, they just know I'm going to fix it, so and it won't happen again. So I, I'm liking the team, I'm liking the defense. What do you see early on from uh, Weber State as you've had a chance to kind of scout them early on? Well, okay, so they like to run the ball a lot. You know, every team likes to run the ball, like UConn. But uh, I feel like they're going to try to trick me and Byron because I feel like we showed on film that we could uh, knock back tight ends. So I feel like they're going to try to arc the tight ends, do a lot of uh, read zone stuff, try to get the quarterback moving, get the running back in uh, free zone, stretch, open field. So, uh, you know, I feel like Weber, they're going to come out with some different things. They uh, played a good game against Western Oregon. But I mean, we're ready for Weber, though. I guess the last question for me is just you know, building on other positives so far in the season as as uh, you're getting ready for another home game and you got to buy. But so it's kind of a interesting start of the season against a team in game one that struggled to win games a year ago. Then you flip to a till, totally different atmosphere at Alabama. And then you're going against an FCS team. It's kind of like this weird roller coaster of opponents that you guys are facing. But how do you feel about just keeping progressing and playing your game? We just got to—we just all got to be consistent. I got to be consistent. We just got to take it each and every day with consistency. But I feel like we're doing a great job. You know, it was about, I don't know, 100 degrees today. But we came out here, you know, no one complained. We all got it. We knocked the workout. So, I mean, just consistency. That's the main thing. If we go be consistent, including myself, we're going to have a great season. All right, Daniel Grishik, thank you so much. Appreciate it. I've, I've now spoken with Daniel three times. Uh, twice just me one-on-one with him, and then one time he met with the media, a couple of other media members. But he, is, uh, he, he never fails to be full of energy and, uh, and excited to talk about football. And this has been a great addition for Utah State on that defensive front. Uh, an aggressive player who's excited about his role to be a, a, a more featured player in this defense where he was only spot used here and there at Nevada. And early on, we've seen this is a guy who can make plays for Utah State. Yeah, he fits right in with the defense, you know, being aggressive, energetic. There's a lot of guys on this defense that are really energetic guys. And so he fits right in with all of them. And obviously he's, he's been productive so far. Yeah. Um, it, like I said earlier leading up to it, he had a big moment to sack the reigning Heisman Trophy winner at number one Alabama in a big crowd, national television, sort of. It, but, was, it was national television. But he wasn't he wasn't satisfied with that. He was upset with the, the opportunities he had that he missed. So good signs of a player who wants to get better. Yeah, and he, he is that kind of player. When we talk about this how after the scrimmage, he was basically like that. He had some good plays, but he was all you know, and he you know, took pride in those. But he also acknowledged where he didn't do as well. And there were probably two or three other times Utah State should have sacked Young. And they didn't. And he basically was acknowledging it. It's like there were other ones that we should have had. And that he felt that he should have had personally. And so that, that fuels continued growth. There are a lot of guys that have expressed that. Calvin Tyler Jr. kind of expressed that. Where he, he expressed this, I want to improve no matter what. doesn't matter how good I did. I want to improve. Uh, quick text before we take another timeout here in the Full Court Press. What score would be a disappointing win for USU in the Weber game? Probably something where Utah State only scores around 30 points, maybe even the mid-30s, and then Weber State scores somewhere around 20. So you think like a 30, 34-20 score would be a little disappointing? There is. It would require context in the way that UConn requires some context where the score makes it look worse than I think it was. But I would be a little disappointed if it was only because Utah State hasn't scored less than 45 points against Weber State since 
last century. It's been a while. Been a while. Yeah, I, well, a disappointing score would be Weber State 17, Utah State 3. That, <laughs> that's very disappointing. But in, in, a, in a victory even, um, yeah, what, what's a satisfactory point spread? Does it, ha- it has to be double digits in my mind. It can't be within single digits. That's scary. Is it by two touchdowns? Yeah. yeah. I'd, I'd want to say at least three. Like, you want to dominate the scoreboard. You don't yes. want this to be close at all. Dominate the scoreboard. Dominate the game. Now, if you dominate the game and maybe the scoreboard's a little iffy, I can give them a pass. Because, you know, film speaks more volumes than the scoreboard does. Although the scoreboard's what matters well, in the in standings. The end, yeah. But in terms of evaluating a team, you know, if you dominate the game and the film looks good, I'll take that over a lesser score maybe. Fair enough. All right, we've got to take a timeout, and we will get to the stat that blew our minds and our player of the week. Sure. I promise you that's coming up next on the Full Court Press. Imagine your wedding day. Elegant, simple, yet stunning, stress-free. It's your day. It's all about you. Whether you're looking for small and simple or have a grander idea, the Riverwoods Conference Center will accommodate your every need. Choose the inside ballroom elegance or outside along the natural decor of the beautiful Logan River. A Riverwoods event planner will work personally with you to make sure your event is exactly how you've envisioned it. The Riverwoods Conference Center, where your happily ever after begins. Google Riverwoods Conference Center or call 750 750- 5151. It's game time, and you're in the locker room ready to take the field. But suddenly, you notice a player you don't recognize. He's wearing your team's jersey, and he even knows your name. But you've never seen him before now. Would you trust this stranger with your team's playbook? That's exactly how phishing scams work. And the first quarter of 2022 saw the highest volume of phishing attacks ever recorded. Protect your business with the Les Olson Security Suite from Les Olson IT. Learn more at lesolson.com. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. Time to see who the real MVP is. If you have a good game, your game is going to say that. You, know, you don't have to say it. Puts a lot of cool things in perspective anytime you're the first time doing something. It's the Full Court Press Player of the Week. Let's go! All right, here we go. Player of the Week. Jason, I'll let you go first. You know, earlier I said that Ike Larson was a pretty good nominee for Player of the Game or Player of the Week. Well, I said that for a reason. Because he's my Player of the Week. I know I like to focus mine on Utah State and maybe Utah Jazz. There's some other guys elsewhere, especially some you know international basketball players who have done really, really well. But looking at the Utah State, I'd say the Player of the Week would have to be Ike Larson. Led the team in tackles against Alabama. Had a QB hurry, forced... A couple of third down stops, which were pretty rare in that game for a while. Mm-hmm. And then he had his second interception of the season. I should probably look up and see if there's any other freshmen who've had interceptions in their first two games at Utah State. Can't imagine there'd be any in the database I could find. I can only go back to 2000 and find that out. Mm. But who knows? Rare feat. Yeah, nonetheless. Could, could be the only one. I haven't confirmed that yet, but I imagine he might be. Uh, my player is going to go out to uh, Ryan Nelson. Uh, he's a pitcher for the Arizona Diamondbacks. 17 consecutive batters were retired on uh, his first start. Uh, one of just two pitchers in the 21st century 
to retire 17 or more consecutive hitters in his Major League debut. It's a pretty good cup of coffee. That's pretty good. Your first start on the sh- in the show, and you uh, sit 17 batters down. Yeah. Pretty impressive. That is indeed impressive. Did he uh, have a grand slam on his first pitch? Uh, <laughs> he probably didn't take a pitch. Uh, yeah, I don't Nobody has to anymore. That's true. Uh, all right, so stat that blew your mind. Are we gonna have time to play? The music? <laughs> okay, I was like, <laughs> Sorry. I was gonna, I was waiting for. Okay, stats blew my mind. Um, couldn't find a good one that was Utah State related that wasn't just a stat on how bad their offense played. I didn't want to be negative. Um, Georgia, they're the third team in the last 15 years to score a touchdown, not just score, score a touchdown on its first six drives of the game. They did that. They did that against Oregon. Oh my God! So not only did they do it at all, they did it against the number eleven team in the country. Although they're not number eleven anymore. No. Uh, the other two are Ohio State did it against Michigan last year. They actually did it on their first seven drives. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah, Ohio State versus Michigan State, and then South Florida did it to Navy in 2016. Wow. So. <laughs> Your first six drives all the way to the end zone. That is the definition of domination alabama didn't even do that no it's true aggies held them to a field goal in their first offensive possession uh mine is a sh- kind of a shout out more or less to some great uh wnba players but it's still kind of a surprising stat uh, brianna stewart and jewel lloyd combined for 71 points uh the other night in their playoff game brianna stewart scored 42 herself lloyd had 29 and that's the most points by two players in WNBA playoff history, uh, they beat the previous record set by Brianna Stewart and Jewel Lloyd back in <laughs> 2020 when Stewart had 37 and Lloyd had 28. But uh, that's a that's an amazing tandem there in the WNBA. And again, those 40 spots in the WNBA like... Extremely rare. Yeah, because they play fewer minutes. Because that's the thing is that the WNBA stats are deflated because of... You know the fact they play less time, so it's amazing to see those. It's like it'd like be putting up a fifty spot in the NBA. Yeah, so impressive performances there. Uh, shout out Sue Bird. I mean, she's hanging it up. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of greats are kind of coming to the end, and I think Brianna Stewart's. I think she's closing in on the back end of her career. I can't remember how old she is. Um, but you know, uh, Serena Williams. Yeah. So earlier, I mean, in the U.S. Open, that was pretty emotional. When she uh, finally finished it off, uh, who knows with what's going on with the marital situations with Tom Brady, if this may be his last year or not. Why are you bringing that up? <laughs> who knows? But, there's, uh, there's, there's too much drama. People can't stay away from it. It's like Aaron Rodgers. People like to pick on Tom Brady and like to theorize about what he's thinking. Yeah. And they're always wrong. <laughs> never, never been able to get it right. Uh, great show today. Appreciate all the feedback today on the show. Those who tried to win our tickets, congratulations to Reggie, who called in and correctly identified Devontae Mays as uh, the last time an Aggie running back ran for 200 yards in a game. Yep. Uh, it was against Weber State, who Utah State will take on on Saturday. Uh, so KVNU game day coverage will begin Saturday afternoon at 3.30, which will be simulcast here on the fan. Go right up until kickoff. Um, and then as soon as the game is over, turn on your radio again, either on KVNU or here on the fan with KVNU Aggie Call. As uh, We'll take your calls, we'll take your texts, react to what happened in the stadium, and um, going to reassess how Utah State is looking after 
game number three. Yeah, game three. Not week three, but yeah, game we'll, number three. Yeah, we'll see how it's going. We'll see how it's going then. All right, have a great night, everybody. We'll be back at it again tomorrow. See you then.